Reading the book got me fired up again about the whole project and why it was an idea worth pursuing. You realize that the book could and should have been better, so it's painful in a way to read your own work. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is while doing chores, chorin, I call it. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet co-authors Mike O'Toole and Hugh Kennedy, film critic David Thompson, and journalist Brian Kastner. Whether you are a business buff looking for a jolt of inspiration, a film buff seeking behind-the-screen secrets, or a history buff questing after untold stories, you'll want to hear more about each of these authors' new audiobooks. Plus, get the inside scoop on what it was like for them to record their work. Enjoy. Hi, this is Mike O'Toole. And this is Hugh Kennedy. We're the authors of The Unconventionals, how rebel companies are changing markets, hearts, and minds, and how you can too. I co-wrote this book because I watched my colleague Mike O'Toole pouring his heart into the podcast The Unconventionals for six years. And I agreed with him that it would be a terrific platform for a book. We had started hearing a lot of the same themes from guests on the show about how they started their companies. And we wanted to package those insights for a wider audience. I'm proud that I was able to shed a light on companies that are doing amazing things, but that not a lot of people have heard of. By this point, everybody knows Peloton and Warby Parker, and I love those interviews. But companies like Rumi Spice or Big Ass Fans or The Whoop Strap are changing the world in their own way, and I was proud to share their stories. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be energizing. Reading the book got me fired up again about the whole project and why it was an idea worth pursuing. My dream narrator? Well, I would choose either Malcolm Gladwell or Michael Lewis. They're both heroes of mine, some of the best thinkers in business today, and they both have great voices. I realized I had trouble pronouncing peritonitis, which is an infection in the membrane that covers the organs in your abdomen. It's funny in the context of the book because it's one of the things that Tony McGee, who was a founder of Lagunitas Brewing, says his customers experienced after drinking his beer. And he literally printed it on his cans in the early days just to be unconventional, I guess. The last audiobook that I listened to that I really loved was The Body by Bill Bryson. He narrates the book himself, which is always interesting, and he tells great little stories that add up into bigger points, like how basically everything we did in medical science and practice before 1900 was just luck of the draw. It wasn't until the 20th century that we actually started to figure things out. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is in the car, particularly long drives. I remember one of the first audiobooks I listened to was To Kill a Mockingbird, and that got me on a drive from Connecticut to Chicago many years ago. And now, listen to a clip from the audiobook of The Unconventionals. We hate feeling stuck. Think about the last time you put your day on hold while you waited for a repairman or even waited in your car for half an hour just to get into a mall parking lot during the holiday season. 
That shared feeling of being stuck or at the mercy of companies and organizations that don't get it is why we love it when a company comes along that has figured out a better way. By taking on the status quo, by standing for something bigger, by enlisting us in more than a transaction. This is David Thompson, author of A Light in the Dark, A History of Movie Directors. I wrote my book because I have discovered over the years and decades that I have to be writing something to stay sane. And I wrote about film directors because I felt that there had been a very interesting change in the role and status of the director in recent years, but in the whole history of film, and I wanted to explore that. Reading a book, I have found, is very complicated because you realize that the book could and should have been better, so it's painful in a way to read your own work. The experience of this book was enormously pleasant because of the people I was working with, the director, Mary Diltz, and the recordist, Patrick Fitzgerald, and because it was at a nice San Francisco office space that was not far from where I lived, so it was a very easy thing to do. I gave trouble to the people working with me in that there are a lot of words that I tend to retain an English pronunciation for, which is because for much of my life I was English, and I still speak English in a lot of ways. So that was a nice, ongoing, quite amusing conversation between me and the director. Controversy was one word that troubled us, and there were many words like that. They're amusing, really, and they're silly because English people and American people would understand them just as easily. I only feel proud of a book, I think, the day I feel I have finished writing it, and that is quickly buried in the discovery I talked about earlier that the book could have been better than it is. So I don't know many authors who are bathed in pride. I did feel, doing this book, recording it, that all of a sudden in this last year, COVID has made many more people listeners to books than perhaps they were once upon a time. And I do think there's a community in that. And it takes me back to a very early love in my life, which was radio. I went to the movies a great deal, too much probably, but I spent probably more time per day as a child listening to the radio, to the BBC. It was vital in my upbringing, and I do feel that in doing this kind of reading, I'm sort of getting back into that spirit. My dream narrator would be Michael Gambon, because he has a kind of languid, slightly affected, ruminative voice that knows he's growing old and is probably a little too old for it, but he's carrying on nonetheless, and I find that an inspiring thing. The last audiobook, the great one that I remember listening to, would be In the White City, Eric Larson's thriller, really, about the World's Fair. And I listened to that in the place where I really listen to audiobooks, which is in the car 
driving. I love driving from San Francisco to Los Angeles because if you make both legs of the trip, a reasonably short book you can take in in that trip. And now, please enjoy a clip from my audiobook. We sat in the dark for nearly a century. We were traveling together. We hoped we were going to have fun, a good scare, or just be occupied. We were strangers there, but fellow pilgrims, and the cinema was a palace for our wandering. But it was like a prison, too. Hi, this is Brian Kastner, author of Stampede, Gold Fever and Disaster in the Klondike. I wrote Stampede because I continue to be fascinated by real-world stories that I just still can't believe are true. I love reading fiction. I read a lot of novels. But when it comes to writing, I stumble upon these stories, little fragments, little bits, and I just have trouble believing that they really happened, and if they really happened, that I somehow had never heard about it yet. So I knew about the Klondike. I knew about the gold rush in Alaska. I knew it had happened. I might have been able to put it in the right decade before I started researching this book. But once I got through the stories and met the characters and heard the controversy about who actually discovered the gold and just the horrific nature of the travel, the shipwrecks and avalanches and the number of people that died of disease and drownings, I couldn't believe that I just didn't already understand this story and really the ramifications of the tens of thousands of people that probably died going on the stampede. When I found the topic, that's what drew me to want to write the book. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be gratifying. I feel really fortunate and blessed and lucky that Penguin Random House keeps asking me to record my audiobooks. I love this process. I love audiobooks, and I feel honored every time I'm asked. And this is now my third chance to record with Scott Sherritt, and every time has been a true joy. And, you know, I know that at the end of our week together, that we have produced the best product that we possibly can, and there's a satisfaction in that. I realized that I had trouble pronouncing, well, a number of words. This book contains some clinket words, which I find challenging to say. In a previous book, Disappointment River, my French is terrible. I have trouble pronouncing French as well. I think, though, that the best example of a common word that I have trouble saying is regularly. And I'll never forget this from recording The Long Walk with Scott. This was nine years ago. I simply could not get the word regularly out. And Scott's advice was, regular Scott, regularly. And I have thought that every time I have said the word regularly for basically ever since. Regular Scott, regularly. He's got these great little systems or rhythms to get you to trick yourself into saying the right word. I'm proud that I was able to perform this book, to do more than simply read it, to try to capture some of the emotions and the rhythms that I was trying to accomplish when writing it. And I did have a certain way that I wanted this book to feel and to sound, and I mean to sound to the reader, even without it being read to you, 
But I was proud that I was able to accomplish some of that in the studio this week, that it sounds in my own voice as I imagine it in my head. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Will Patton. That's easy. I'm a huge fan of Will's work, especially when he reads Dennis Johnson and Philip Meyer. I think that those are just crowning achievements, incredible performances, and the synergy of Patton with Johnson or Patton with Meyer in those books is really just incredible and a great influence upon me in my own writing. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is while doing chores, chorin, I call it. I find so much satisfaction in homesteading. We have chickens, we have fruit trees. I'm tapping the maple trees right now to make some maple syrup. I do a lot of chores outside, taking down trees, chopping wood for the fireplace in the winter. And I love to have my ears on while I'm doing that and listening to an audiobook. It makes the hours go by of what can be grunt work, but the combination of listening to a book and doing that hard labor, I find particularly nice. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook, Stampede, Gold Fever and Disaster in the Klondike. In those days, the men who panned for gold in the stream beds of the Yukon Valley would often work with a partner to avert lonesomeness or starvation or worse. But Robert Henderson was his own man, never could find another who matched his endurance for misery. And so when he slipped while crossing an icy creek, there was no one there to right him. And he fell, fell hard, and impaled himself upon the broken shards of a downed pine. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.